What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Sunday, March 3rd. You guys are listening to episode number 101, and, uh, oh, I should mention it is 2013. Could be any March 3rd. Uh, forgot the year there, but fuck it, I had a crazy week, and uh, this is actually not the first time I'm recording this podcast. I'll tell you guys what happened. Um, but first I want to thank everybody for the kind words and everybody who listened to the two hours, which was episode 100. Also want to thank again, Chris Italia. Um, as you guys know, Chris was a great guest and, um, really insightful guy talking about all kinds of stuff. He was a journalist and, you know, he, he was one of like when the whole thing about autism and what's causing autism and why are all these kids being born autistic? He was really like on that story and, um, you know, doing a lot of research on it. So it was cool to hear him talk about that. And he knows all these sports figures and then how he got into the comedy world and all that stuff. And he's an owner now of the stand and he's a manager of comedians. My manager It was just a great conversation. He knows a ton about food. We had a great time and, um, we got a lot of good feedback. I was just thinking again, like, who should I have on the hundredth episode? And everyone's like, Oh, have this comedian and have that comedian. But you know, I already did that. And Chris, somebody who's my manager, been in my corner. And like I said, he's been there through everything with me. He's been to all of these just huge things for me, big auditions, big theater shows, everything big in my career. He's been right there in my corner. So I just thought it would be fitting to have the guy who's in my corner and really helping me out and believing in me um, and representing me in this business to be um, in on that. So uh, I had a great time. Thanks again to him and everybody else who, who listened. Uh, I was talking to some people who um, say they listen to all of them. By the way, shout out to my accountant, Chris Woods, uh, Chris Hernandez now. She's married, but um, she listened to, she told me she listened to all 100, which is amazing. She's like, don't I get something for that? Should I get like a badge or a pin? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let me, let me work on that. But uh, any anybody who listened to all 100, I mean, that's amazing. And I know some people said it's hard to get the first 10. I have the first 10 archived somewhere. I'll make them available um, eventually. But, um, you know, just everybody who's been listening to the show, I really, really thank you. And um, let's get another 100 and then another 100. Let's keep going with this thing. Uh, The show's growing. And uh, I want to thank all my guests that I had in the first 100. And that's what I'm looking forward um, to doing you know, in the future with the podcast. So uh, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it and we're moving forward now. I got another great episode, uh, 101 today for you. Um, As always, the Verzi Effect podcast show is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone, Butterfly Radio, which allows you to send audio messages to the podcasts that are available on Butterfly Radio. So you can send me a five-minute audio message Um you know, right up, right to the Verzi Effect podcast. I'll listen to it and I could respond. Also, register on ButterflyRadio.com and you could start your own podcast, multiple podcasts. Uh, you could have your own, you know, your own podcast uh, talking about whatever you want. Upload your own pictures and all that. It really is, uh, it's great. And I want to thank, uh, you know, Denny over there who um, put the whole thing together. He's been aboard now for uh, a few months and it's it's been working out really well. So uh, Butterfly Radio, I got more and more people downloading that app, the, uh, the app. So please do that. Okay, here's what's been going on with this episode. Um, it's Sunday the 3rd. Normally, I really, I'm never usually this late as of lately. I've been pretty good Friday and Saturday. Um, 
what happened was on Saturday, I started to record this and I got to about 30 something minutes and I was just so absolutely fucking tired from the week that was. I had so much going on that I literally was like, my fans and listeners don't deserve me to be fucking half asleep while I do this podcast. So I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to leave it on like 36 minutes and then I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to wake up. And I'm going to start it again. I'm going to talk about, you know, I'm going to do the second half of the podcast. And, you know, the listeners won't know the difference because all I got to do is hit stop record and then hit record again from the same spot and go into whatever and close the damn thing out. So I got up today, had a great sleep, had a, you know, good good morning and all that shit. And I, I was looking at this tonight to, to finish it. And I real for some reason the I had a hard time with the audio, and I was gonna have to restart it, and I didn't want to lose it, and I didn't want to save half and then have to go and add stuff. So I said, you know what, fuck it. I was probably tired and probably wasn't at the top of my game anyway. I didn't even listen to the 36 minutes. I know that I did make myself laugh a couple of times, and I thought some good shit was going on, but I'm just gonna do it again. So this is fresh Sunday night. This will be up immediately after I'm done recording it. Um, you guys deserve that. So that's, that's what's been going on. But I tested the sound. This one should sound good. We've got a lot of shit to get into. A lot of stuff to talk about. Got some sports. Uh, we're going to talk a little sports. We're going to talk, uh, didn't see a movie, but we'll talk about some shit with that. Um, and some, some, we got unacceptable for the week, everything, everything that, uh, you guys like that we pack in here to the Verzi effect podcast. And we're going to start the next hundred off, right? First of all, I got to get into this week that I had. Okay, guys, this shit was nuts. I was leaving the house almost every night, getting on stage, had a crazy audition, that I needed to, to take care of. And I wasn't really worried about the audition. It was more the material that I chose for it. That was nuts. Um, also was a guest on the Artie Lang show. By the way, all of your um, feedback on that, I appreciate it. A lot of people got me on Twitter. A lot of people saw it on the audience channel on DirecTV. Uh, I had a great time on the Artie Lang show, which I believe was we had Wednesday night. And it, it really worked out well. I cannot tell you guys how cool down to earth, and just a good fucking dude Artie Lang is, man, that dude is seriously, you know, I always joke around about top five, and epic, and all that shit that I say, but all jokes aside, this guy Artie Lang is in the top five people that I've met in this business in all the years that I've been doing it, Um, you know, everybody you meet has their different things, but this guy was just such a fucking pleasure, so nice, and, um, I'll tell you guys about it, you know, I'll give you the whole inside thing on it, because, um, it, 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 it was a great show, we had a great time, we really clicked well if you guys heard it or saw it, but one of the really cool things was, I was talking to the producers before I got there. You know, my manager came with uh, Chris Italia, who you heard on uh, episode 100. He's like, yeah, I'll roll there with you. So what I did was I had to work out a set. Um, I worked out a set in the city early, and then I was supposed to be report to the Artie Lang show around 10, and that's when the show starts. So I'm leaving, and my manager was like, um, my manager was like, yeah, I'll come with you. 
So we go over there. We meet his producers. We're talking. And they're like, all right, we're going to start the show in like 20 minutes. Artie's going to go on. And then after his first segment, you'll come in. You'll sit next to him. And they were like, all right, listen, you know, don't read into You could be on for 10 minutes. You know, he does like 10-minute segments. So if you're only on for a segment or two, we don't know other guests that might be coming on. So don't read into it. So I'm like, fine. You know, it is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be there. I like Artie. I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to shoot the shit. I'm going to shoot sports with um, with a dude that I really like. And, and you know, and, and you know, it's great. So... Um, I'm just, you know, happy to be there, enjoy myself and, um, ready to, I was ready to talk some sports and just whatever, you know, we wanted to talk about. And, uh, by the way, the Verzi effect got great plugs on it. If you guys heard, so I'm sitting there and we get into a great conversation and, um, right after the first, uh, first segment, we just started to click in the first segment. And then he leaned over to me and he's like, Hey, listen, man, you got anything to do tonight? He goes, you got any spots? And I was like, I actually just did my spot. He's like, yeah, you know, my co-host isn't here, man. If you want to hang out, you know, hang out. And, guys, he kept me there for the whole show. I was there for almost three. I was there for two and a half hours or, or, you know, about two hours or so. And then he just had another comedian coming for the last 20 minutes. And, you know, but it was just a great time. And I know everybody's heard about the studio, so it, it is true. I'll tell you about it if you didn't get to see it on TV. Here's what the studio is. You go there, and I cannot believe what this, what they built him is insane. Okay, you walk in and there's all games. There's a ping pong table. They have a basketball hoop, like that hoop fever game that you shoot into the, you know, like the, like you'd see at a Dave and Buster's. They got that shit in there. There's a pool table in there. There's a there's there's flat screen TVs and couches to watch games everywhere. There's sports memorabilia on the walls. There's like baseball bats. There's books. There's all kinds of signed stuff. There's a performance stage in there. And then there's like a full fledged kitchen. He had a full-fledged kitchen with, like, the island that you could cook. There was a stove. There was a fucking gigantic refrigerator. And when I first got there, he goes, yeah, come in if you want something to eat. You know, we can make you something to eat. We got some fresh mozzarella. And I thought, like, he was, like, serious. So I got really excited. And then the producer like, no, there's no mozzarella. And I was like, oh, all right. And he goes, yeah, there is, isn't there? And like, no, we ate it all. But in his mind, it was really there. And I was really excited. Like, how great, how great is that? So it was just amazing, man. It was uh, it was a really cool experience. And, you know, we were talking sports in between segments and and during the segments. And then I got to tell the story. If you didn't see the clip, uh, it's posted up. You could just put Paul Verzi on the Artie Lang show. And the first one, we're talking Yankees. They put two clips up. And the second one, I tell a story about how I had to follow him at opening night of the Stand Comedy Club and just how difficult it was for me. But it's a funny story, and uh, it worked out really well. So I want to thank Artie Lang, everybody at the Artie Lang Show, and everybody who supported and watched it. I had an absolutely just a great time, a blast. It was uh, it couldn't have been more laid back and cool. So, um, you know, obviously if you haven't, uh, I would definitely recommend if you like sports and you like Artie Lang and you, and you like comedy and stuff, and hopefully I'll be – Hopefully I'll be back on there if they'll have me, but it went it went really well and, and it was a great time. And that dude is fucking funny, man. That dude is so funny just naturally talking to him off stage. He's just a funny, good dude. Uh, okay, so the week was insane. I'm running around and I felt bad. My wife's getting home from work at like six o'clock, man, and I'm just like kissing her and my kids, and I'm out the door. It was a real this week. It's it's a little lighter. I could rest a little bit, but I wasn't getting any sleep and it was nuts. And I know, yeah, stop complaining, Dick. It's a good thing you're busy. Yes, I get that. But when you're waking up at three, uh, if you're going to bed at three o'clock in the morning and you have a newborn, or not a newborn, but a nine-month-old baby girl who needs you and needs to eat and do all that shit at six thirty, and you're the one who's up with her, it's not fucking easy. All right. 
So anyway, had I had an audition and I wanted to talk to you guys about look because this I, hopefully this can help especially young comedians and I'll give you the process of this audition. I had a big audition this week, okay, and it was something that I've been waiting to do. And like I said, I wasn't worried about the audition. What I was worried about is what material to use for the audition. All right. And you have to sacrifice material. You have to sacrifice some things that really work. Because if you're doing a six or a seven minute audition in front of industry, that goes really, really quickly. You have to have it, you have to have it prepared. You have to know it like the back of your hand and you need to execute it. But here's the thing. What do you take out? Me being stupid and not fucking doing it the right way every time like an idiot. I always wait till last minute. This time I didn't want to do that. But the night before, I realized that I had to take a few jokes out. And I'm like, fuck, these are funny jokes, but I have to take them out. That's what you have to do. You got to make the sacrifice. You got to just stick with you. So here, here's my advice to anybody. When you do that, picking the right material is, is this is what you do. Let's say you want to do nine to ten minutes, but you can only do six or seven. Basically, go with the the... Basically, go with the hardest-hitting stuff that really will make them understand who you are and and really kind of just, it just works together. The material works together. And if you have to sacrifice a couple, that's fine. Stick to the plan. Make a plan. Say, fine, I'll do that material another time, maybe on another audition, but I'm sticking with this. Don't change it. Don't change it during your act. Not for a showcase, not for a quick showcase audition. If you're headlining somewhere and you you want to you, you think of something real quick, yeah, go with that. Go with that instinct. But for this, just you know, you stick with the plan and that's it. Don't drive yourself nuts. Know it like the back of your hand and execute it. And that's what I did. And uh, you know, luckily things worked out for me. And uh, you know, it, it was a good audition. Who knows what happens? But anyway, that's one thing that I wanted to talk about because it's so hard. It's like, man, I've been writing. I have all this material. What do you pick? What do you pick? This joke always kills and it just doesn't fit in the set. That's fine. It doesn't matter. If the other stuff is good, they're going to know that you have other shit. So that's what I did. Saturday night, I did three shows. And then Sunday, I did a show upstate in the... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, my days are all fucked up. What, what's today? Jesus. Uh, today's Sunday. I'm sorry. Last night... So was that Friday? Holy shit. Friday I did three shows. Yeah, I did an 8, a 10, and I did a midnight. And last night I did a show in the Catskills. And something happened. It kind of bothered me, man. But I don't know. I don't I don't think it's on me. I don't put it on me. I never run the light and go really long, ever. And I'm always respectful to who I'm working with. It was a two-man show. I'm not going to mention names, but I was in I was in the Catskills doing a private fundraiser. And it was in a nice, beautiful banquet hall. Banquet hall and it was with all people... Yeah, of Little League, you know, uh, middle of fucking nowhere, snowing, I went the wrong way on the Taconic, I had to fucking stop at a mobile, some guy not even from this country fucking helped me off to pay, help me to get back on path, it was, it was, it was crazy, okay, I get up there, I'm fucking exhausted, and, um, I'm like, all right, whatever. I got there like five minutes before the show started and I'm working with this veteran comedian and I'm like, all right, they're like, go up, do, you know, do a half hour. And it's for all parents and coaches and everybody in the whole region there or whatever, in that whole area, uh, Little League parents, Little League, like coaches, the president, all that shit. So I go on stage and I have a good time, you know, messing with the crowd. I'm, I'm doing whatever. They told me to do 30 minutes. I said, give me the light at 25 minutes. 
Okay, that's you know some some comics want to light at a minute or two. Some com- I like when I do a longer set. I like a five minute light. I know I like to know I have five minutes left. That gives me about you know three three four jokes maybe, but usually like three, and then I get out and I know my time and it's usually right on. So I'm up there and I'm going and I'm telling stories and I'm having a good time and I'm looking around and there's no light, and the clock my my you know my, the clock in the clock in my head. You know, my comedian clock is going, I think I've been up here for a little bit. Like this is, so I literally stop the show and I look around and I go, yeah, am I all right on time? Like, is this okay? Like, and I literally said, I don't want to be disrespectful. And I mentioned the guy's name that I was working with. I said, I don't want to be disrespectful to so-and-so. Okay. I really don't. And I'm looking around and the guy who was going on after me kind of made a hand signal, which I didn't know what the fuck it meant, to be honest. And the person who said that they were going to give me a light was sitting in the crowd and they didn't do anything. I'm looking to the left and they didn't do anything. None of the workers, nobody did anything. So I'm up there and I'm like, man, maybe, I don't know. I was told I was going to get a five minute light. Maybe something's going on. Maybe the guy going after me said, let him go long. Maybe the guy going after me wasn't ready. I don't know what's going on here. Okay. As a professional, I was told one thing and nothing, it wasn't happening. So I go on and I start doing something like, I'll do this joke and I'll do this joke. And I'm looking around and no light again. So finally I'm like, I had to have been up here for 30 minutes. I had to have. So I'm going to do one or two more jokes and I'm out of here. So I finish my set. I get off. I walk off. I walk right up to the guy going after me and I go, dude, I'm sorry, but like there was no light. Like what, what, what the hell's going on? And he was like, dude, you did a lot of time and you almost did an hour. And I don't think I did an hour, but I probably did like 45 to 50 minutes, which is insanely over my time, which I never do, which you should never do, but I didn't have, and I said, I am so sorry, I didn't get a light. And I talked to the people running it, and I was like, who booked me, and I'm like, look, nobody gave me a light, what do you want me to do? I don't know. And they were cool with it, but it just put me in a bad spot, because you don't want to go over like that. I want to do, you know, 15 minutes longer than I'm supposed to do, that's really not cool, so... It was weird. It was kind of like bittersweet because I had a good time and I was able to stretch out a lot of new material or a lot of just riffing and talking to the crowd and, you know, telling story jokes that I haven't done um, that I'm looking to do uh, this year. So I got good work out of it. But at the same time, I didn't want to, you know, cut into somebody else's time. So uh, that that's what last night was. And then I come home and I started doing this podcast and I told you what happened with that. So that's that's pretty much an insane week, an exhausting week. And, uh, as you, you just, I just needed like, I need like a day or two to just decompress, man. I need to charge the battery up and just, just relax, chill out with my family. I didn't get to see my kids for a while. So today we had a really good day. Um, and you know, we, uh, uh, man, I'll get into the Nick game that killed me, but Um, it was a long week and I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm actually unwinding and relaxing while I'm talking during this podcast, which is cool. So, uh, I'm focused for you people here on the Verzi effect. Now, uh, I'll do it unacceptable for the week here because it was something that I thought about unacceptable for the week. And ladies, you might not like this because it is a little bit of a double standard. Uh, I really don't mean to be a dick. I don't mean to be crude, but here's the deal. If you're a mother of multiple children and you have like the night to go out get the fuck out of the bar before three in the morning can you it's unacceptable it's listen for a father too it's definitely unacceptable for a father to be out drinking and doing lunatic shit it really is but there's just something 
there's just something to me about a mother of like multiple children that like is going to be up with her kids in the morning or whatever, just fucking dancing around, you know, just fucking singing and dancing and drinking till three. Listen, I'm, I'll give you 12, one, even 2 a.m. It's very late, but you know, you look, you go, oh, it's two. I got to be up with the kids. I had a good time. But, but like when you're in there, when they're like shutting down and like everybody knows you have kids, like get the, f- stop singing that Kesha song with a drink in your hand, you fucking loser. Go home. <laughs> it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And listen, ladies, you may say, oh, what about a dad? You're right. It is. You know, dad's out in the club till like, you know, or a bar till three, four. That, that's weird too. I'll give you that. But I don't know. It's just like, you want to just look at her and go, what are you doing? Get the fuck out of here. Go home. You know, are you that fucking like, that much in a cage that you go out one night and you're out all fucking night? It's ridiculous. Is there anything worse than a drunk girl throwing, like putting a drink up in the air and like screaming across to her other friend and then starts dancing and then just gets sloppy? And you're like, this chick is going to put a fucking bib on a baby and give him some some food tomorrow? It's just, I don't know. I don't know. There's just something wrong with it in my head. Maybe I'm a little fucked up. I don't know. Like that Joe Pesci. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a little fucked up. But it's just weird to me. Unacceptable. Okay, 2 o'clock should be. That's it. Ladies, you know, that's it. Got kids at home. Mommy, what were you doing last night? You know, the kid has no idea his mother was jumping around a fucking shithole bar, dancing with assholes while she was throwing, a, you know, her drink in the air, screaming, I want to hear Rihanna. I want to hear Kesha. Ugh. It's fucking gross. Unacceptable for the week. Mother's out past three. <laughs> past two. <laughs> That's a funny unacceptable. I like that one. And again, I understand. He's a dick. Why is he saying that? Well, but the, but the dad could be out till three or four. It's it is it's a little different. It is. I'm sorry. It's a it's a little different. And I don't mean it in a. In a I'm not trying to be. Rude. It's just something like maybe it's because I put women on a higher pedestal. How about that? Oh yeah, yeah. You didn't think of that, ladies. Maybe it's like oh you know. A dude should be dancing around like a dick when he's drunk because dudes are dicks. They're, sometimes they're stupid. They try to be macho. It's just dumb. You almost expect them to be assholes when they drink that much. And, you know, but, you know, a woman just like, I need to get another drink and go request a song. Yay. And then they start crying at the end of the fucking night with their girlfriends. Well, even if it's a happy cry, it's so fucking dumb. Go home. It's unacceptable. All right, that's unacceptable for the week. I was happy with that one. I thought it was good. It was a little strong, but I liked it. Um, oh, on a serious note, this happened last night, and uh, it really scared me. And, uh, you know, sometimes when I talk on my podcast, I like to, you know, bring it down to a serious, uh, you know, you bring it down to a serious level or uh, talk about some serious shit. But um, on my way home last night from the Catskills, I stopped at my, I stopped at my mother's house. Because uh, my little sister moved to uh, Tennessee, and uh, I wanted to just stop by my mom and see how my mom was doing. My mom has three boys and one um, one daughter, and she's the youngest. And I know that my mom was kind of, you know, definitely on you know her baby girls uh, leaving the state, going you know, going somewhere else that's kind of far away. So I was like, I'll stop by and I'll uh, you know maybe I'll catch a movie with my brother or watch Kevin Hart on Saturday Night Live, which I ended up doing. Um, 
But I get there and I get to my mom's and I'm hanging out for a while. And then um, my mom was like, you look really tired. I said, yeah, I had a crazy week. I need to go home. So she's like, why don't you just stay here? And I'm like, no. And my wife had taken my... um, my wife had taken my kids to my mother-in-law's because I was working and we were going to plan to spend the day together today. So I leave my mom's after Saturday Night Live. And it's always great to see a comedian host Saturday Night Live. Uh, it's really big for stand-ups. You know, and it is, I guess you could say it's rare because a lot of times it's an actor or an actress or, you know, something going on uh, in the movies or a TV show. And to have a stand-up or somebody that started in stand-up and is known for stand-up really to get it is it's great, you know, when you see guys do it. So, you know, I watch that and um, 1 o'clock in the morning I leave. I start going home. And I'm on my way home and I'm just, you know, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to get some sleep. I'm going to get some sleep tonight. I'm going to be with my family tomorrow. It's been a long week, but a good week, and I, I could unwind a little bit. And I get a phone call, and it's my mother-in-law's house. And my mother-in-law goes, um, she said, well, right when I answered, I said, hello, is everything okay? Because my kids are there. She goes, yeah, she goes, but I just, you know, and she starts talking about my wife. And she goes, you know, um, Stacy, uh, my wife was very responsible, like, you know, unbelievable mother, great, very responsible. She was like, yeah, you know, she's going to be home at 10. And now it's like one o'clock and she's not, she's not home and that's not like her. And my whole shit, I was just like, oh man, like that's not cool. That's not like her. And I was just like, oh man, like what the fuck? And I couldn't do anything because I was in a car and I didn't have phone numbers. So I'm like, all right, you know, let me make calls and see what's going on. And all this crazy shit's going through your head. You know, you're just like, oh man, what the fuck? You know, and then you just start thinking of worse when you don't want to. And I'm like, it's not like her. And like, as I'm thinking, like everything was put into perspective, like nothing else fucking matters, man. Like I just, then you start like, have I, did I do the right thing with my wife? Like all kinds of really crazy shit was going through my head. And I'm sitting there and I'm just going, oh man, just like, please just make, you know, and I'm calling and it's going right to voicemail and I'm, I'm like... It just totally like changed everything, the whole dynamic of my night, everything. And I'm just like, I just want to make sure, you know, she's all right. And it's really not like her. And, um, you know, finally, after a little while of finding out her phone was off, her phone went on and, um, I got, I got a chance to talk to her and she said, yeah, you know, my mom didn't get my text. I texted her. She was, uh, with a girlfriend she hadn't seen in a long time. They went to a late dinner. They were out talking or whatever, and um, she's like, "Yeah, I texted my mom. I'm going. I'm going home to see. The, going there now to see the kids, or to you know to be there with the kids in the morning, and then I'm coming home." And I was great, but it just was one of those things where I was like, for a little while, you get like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, that's all that matters. You know, like they, like it, like that shit was was really tough to even think about because it, you know, if somebody that that you know is so responsible and always says they're going to be their home when they said they're going to be home, you're like, okay, that's what's going to happen. And when my mother-in-law called and said, it's not like her and it definitely isn't, it was really like, man, if I, like you just start thinking of like the, I know it sounds crazy, but you start thinking of like the last time you talked to them and what'd you say and then, you know, you hope you do the right thing and were you like good enough to them and it was really, really crazy shit. So, you know, I guess, you know, it sounds, you know, corny, cliche, all that stuff, but you got to really tell the people that you love or that, that means something to you. You got to tell them that, you know, and, and you know, because I guess, and you hear horror stories, but anything could happen at any time. And, you know, even the thought of it and not knowing what the hell's going on really freaked me out, really did. And um, I'm glad it all worked out. So, 
you know, I just wanted to share that because it was a panic moment. It went from like calm to like, you know, it was almost like if you're standing in a store, you know, and you're just sitting there and you're in a good mood, you're about to buy fucking gummy bears or something and a drink. And then all of a sudden, if somebody would come in with a gun, like you mentally goes from like, yeah, everything's good to holy shit, shit just got real. And that's what happened. So um, I'm glad it worked out. And I guess basically what I'm saying is if you tell people you love, you love them and, 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 and just kind of live in the moment and act like it's that could happen at any time. Okay. So and the point of this story is charge your fucking phone. Okay. See, look at that. I brought it right back to the funny. That's what I do, everybody. See, it was like, oh, man, he's getting deep. He's talking about if you care about somebody, you got to tell him. And, you know, you got scared about that. And then, boom, charge your phone right back to the funny. That's what I do in the verse. You didn't know I could do that, did you? Yeah, you did because you've listened to 100 episodes. Fuckers, that's what I do. All right, 20 minutes in, 28 minutes in. Got a lot more to talk about. Killing it, 101. Hope you're enjoying it. Are you on the treadmill? Are you in the car? What are you doing? You at work in your cubicle? thinking that if you weren't listening to this you'd probably be complaining in the lunchroom about how you hate your supervisor you want to take his head and stick it in the fucking microwave you're welcome everybody okay um what else do we want to talk about here we got some uh oh i got something really funny that i'm going to be doing soon and uh, I got something really funny that I'm going to be doing, and I don't know how to go about it. So I will share this with you guys, and we'll get into sports too. But um, so my son's daycare, it's like three-and-a-half-year-old to four-and-a-half-year-olds, whatever, uh, well, his class, they're doing like parents coming in there and saying what they do. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the people there know that I'm a comedian, and there was a, an article written on me in um, Westchester Magazine in the county I live in, so, like, a lot of them read it, and, um, you know, so, they were like, we'd really like you to come in, and, you know, everybody's telling what they do, we'd like you to come in and tell the kids that you tell jokes, so, you know, my wife was like, I think you should do it, they really want you to do it, so I'm like, yeah, I'll do it, but now I'm thinking, I'm like, I gotta go in next week and sit down with my, my three-and-a-half-year-old son and his classmates and explain to them that I <laughs> drive all over the place and fly all over the place making people laugh. And I'm like, should I do a set? Like, what am I going to tell them? Like, the chicken cross the road shit? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to bomb. I don't want to bomb in front of three and a half year olds. Like, I, you know, like one little girl goes home like, Mommy, <laughs> Lucas's daddy came in and he said he made people laugh, but... He wasn't really funny. Like, that's like a nightmare to me. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to bring him in something. I don't know if I could bring him in candy or something funny related, but, like, I have to do that. And I'm actually thinking to myself, like, what did I get myself into here? Got to make three-and-a-half-year-olds laugh? I'm going to have to hurt myself, just, like, fall fall down <laughs> and do all kinds of stupid shit in this classroom. I don't even know what to do. Imagine if I just started bombing and I just started cursing. I was like, yeah, these fucking blocks. Can they make them better for you guys? Jesus. And the teachers are just calling. Yeah, I think this was a bad idea. But that's what I'm doing next week. So that should be that should be fun. Um, I will let you guys know how, how it goes. But uh, that would be funny if like somebody was like, yeah, this is not funny. And then I was like, yeah. Yeah, and I just started like falling and I just totally committed. I'm going to treat this shit like I'm going to Carnegie Hall. <laughs> I, You know, it's funny because like 
when I watch, you watch your son's shows or you watch your daughter's shows and, you know, after a while you have to, you can't watch it anymore. You can't watch that many cartoons. So what I do, this helped me and this could help you, I'm sure. I think I talked about it on a, on a long time ago podcast, but this might be able to help you. When you watch it, you have to picture it like, picture the show as if it, w- it would be the dialogue you would enjoy. So that's what I do. Like I mentally, like my son watches this show, Jake and the Neverland Pirates. You guys know that show, right? If you have kids, you know. Jake and the Neverland Pirates and it's like these junior pirates and Captain Hook is always trying to take their treasure. And you know, the kids watch it and they love it. And I just sit there and I'm saying to myself, how amazing would it be? How great would it be if like... Jake was just like, you know something? You know so I'm tired of this motherfucker, Captain Hook, coming up here trying to take my shit. No, no, enough is enough. Next time he comes, we're going to tie him to a tree, and we're going to slit his fucking throat, him and his fat little pudgy friend, and we're going to let them know that you do not come here, and you do not fuck with my treasure, period. Okay, I'm tired of this shit. It's time for a meeting, all right? And after we kill him, dude, we're going to let people know if they come to this island, shit's about to get for real. Like I and I'm sitting on my couch thinking that that's what they're saying, losing my mind laughing. I'm laughing my ass off, and my son's just watching this normal show, you know. And I just that's the way to do it. You just got to keep like almost like turn it, turn the cartoon into a mafia movie, and that's that's what gets me by. Speaking of that, my son was watching Lion King, and he said something hilarious to me. You know what, Lion King, the uncle conspired against, I guess it was, what, Simba's father? And he ends up killing him. And my son literally goes to me, he goes, yeah, you know, they killed his dad. He goes, but they should have killed the uncle first. And I was like, holy shit, like that was some Michael Corleone. (laughs) I'm raising a little Don over here. Like he knew, he's just like, yeah, man, if he was going to do that, you got to kill him first, right? And I'm looking at him kind of like, yeah, I mean, you are right. I mean, I don't think mommy would like the fact that I'm telling you you're right about that. But yeah, I mean, you, you kill the uncle, you get rid of the bad guy, and then everybody lives happily ever after. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Minnie Mouse is bossy and shit. Like, Mickey just needs to be like, dude, it's called Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse, bitch, isn't it? Yeah, it's my clubhouse, all right? Don't you take that little bow you have in your fucking ear and, and, and get out of here. Stop ruining my time. It's it's called the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. That's what it's called. Okay, so stop trying to take my shit over. Um, <laughs> you gotta do it. You gotta do it. You can't. You can't. What are you gonna do? You're just gonna sit there and watch. You know, drive you nuts after a while. But it's so cool to see my son get older and like kind of understand stuff. Like, he could watch something now and be like, yeah, that wasn't fair. And I'm like, I know, you're absolutely right. Like, it's like, you're right. Think for yourself, you know? Put Minnie's ass in a timeout. All right. So, we've got some sports to talk about. It was something I was talking about on the Artie Lang show. And uh, we'll get into a little bit of Yankees here. We're going to get into a little bit of Knicks. Unfortunately, I didn't see a movie. But there are some movies that I, I want to see. And I heard some stuff about some movies. So, we'll get into that too. Okay? But... And uh, I hope I didn't lose the mothers that stayed out late last night who were like looking, li- were listening and they're like, fuck that, I can stay out to three in the morning. But um, 
if I didn't lose the mothers, I might lose them now, considering I'm going to go into some, some Yankees and some Knicks. But here's what I was talking about, okay? Everybody knows the New York Yankees are, you know, they're going to, they're, they're about to fall on hard times. I'd say Derek Jeter's got what? Derek Jeter's got two, three years left. Good ones. Mariano, probably this year, and that's it. You know, Pettit, Pettit's, I mean, how long, much longer can he play? Doesn't look like A-Rod's going to be there. Um, we, you know, we have money and we have a farm system, of course, but you never know. I mean, you could go on a stretch where nothing happens. So what does that say? My guy, Robinson Cano, the guy that you guys know that I love, and he's my favorite ball player ever. Um, they offered him a deal. Doesn't look like he's going to take the deal. He wants a long-term, gigantic, like one of those Albert Pujols, $200 million, whatever deals. Now, here's the thing. Why not give him the money? Okay, he's the best player on the team, and yes, he is. If you don't think so, look at the numbers. I know Jeter lovers, everyone, how could you say that? Robinson Cano is the most consistent baseball player on the New York Yankees. It's not even close. No second baseman, hits 33 home runs, 94 RBIs, and bats 313. It just doesn't happen. Look at the numbers. He's a, he's a Hall of Fame second baseman. He's amazing. He's a lefty hitter. He's great. I know he had a rough playoffs. He did, but who didn't? Granderson did. You know, uh, A-Rod had to get benched. I mean, everybody, No, none of the Yankees hit. So I think instead of, you know, fine, you don't want, you want to give him two less years. Why? Why? I don't want to, no one wants to see this guy as a fucking Kansas City Royal in his last couple of years. It just doesn't make sense. And you have to understand something. You need to bring people to the ballpark to see a star. He is a star. They will watch him. He's the future, you know, the next guy for the next half a decade or, you know, set whatever. He's been in the year eight. He's been in the league eight, year, uh, eight years. Probably be there another eight or, or, you know, and he's playing second base. And, you know, so as, barring any injury, God forbid, it'll be all right. Give him the money. That's it. Of course he may not be productive his, his last two years. So give him like six or seven years with an option for eight, something like that, and see what happens. And I hope they do it. I think they're going to do it. If they don't do it, I will be heartbroken. If this guy is a fucking New York Met or this guy goes to the – well, if he goes to the Phillies, I'm going to be sick. If he goes to the Mets, I'll, I'll root for him still. And, I'll you know, anytime he's up, I'll be like, I, I would hope he gets a hit against the Yankees. I would. That's how much I like him. But you just pay the guy his money. Seriously. You know, I think, you know, they gave Josh, Ham they gave Josh Hamilton a huge contract. They gave, they gave Albert Pujols a, a huge contract when Albert Pujols was taking a little bit of a dip. Cano is in the prime of his career. Give him his money. And yes, dude, I called it. Fuck that. I did call it. I called Robinson. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Take that, Bill Burr. If Bill Burr's listening to this, it'll drive him nuts because he says, oh, yeah, that blue chip... That blue chip guy that you called, it was not a blue chip. Nobody knew him, okay? He was trade bait all the time. He came up. Nobody knew what he was going to be. It wasn't like a Phil Hughes who they were comparing to Roger Clemens and all that. It was not. Robinson Cano was just this kid who came up, and he hit like a fucking animal. And I saw it early, and I said, this kid is going to be special. I had fans, diehard Yankee fans who were friends of mine going, oh, you're crazy, man. He's, this guy's going to be in and out. He's going to be gone soon. You know, the Yankees always do it. He's probably going to do good for a little bit trade bait. And I'm going, this kid is special. And he is. Hall of Famer. I was looking up at his numbers against, like, Ryan Sandberg, whose lifetime average is, like, 285 and all that. And uh, Cano's, Cano's a Hall of Famer. And uh, the Yankees got to, I can't see him in another uniform. Be devastating. Uh, okay. The, the Miami Heat, the Knicks, just, I, I, it happened again. The Knicks were up 16 today. 
I was so excited. We beat the Heat the first two times this year by 20. One time without Melo by 20. In Miami by 20. I mean, all these things. And the Heat come in full strength. LeBron playing phenomenal. And we were up 16. We looked like we had the game in control. In the third quarter, just we got sloppy. And they ended up pulling it out. And they ended up winning 99-93. and Killed me. I was so excited. I woke up today. I took care of shit. I'm getting really tired of the showings of the house too, by the way. I have people coming to see my house. Okay. Got the house on the market. People coming to see the damn condo. We got to make sure the house is spotless, which is really hard with two babies and our schedule. The house is in great shape, all right? And, um, yeah, you got a showing from 12 to 1 and 2 to 3 and 4 to 5 and all this shit. And we're out of the house all day doing shit. And then, like, 10 minutes, oh, you know, they canceled, they canceled. It's driving me fucking crazy. I'm to the point where it's just so, it's pissing me off so much. I just want to open the door one day when they come, just buck naked, just holding my dick, going, hey, yeah, come on, make yourselves at home, you know? Just pissing everywhere, just freaking people out so they never come back. I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired. It's bullshit, man. You make an appointment, come to the fucking thing. You need to buy a house, we need to sell a house. Stop with it. Stop with it. Yeah, they, they, they don't think they, you know, and then they come in and like the house is great. And they would just, they, they'll, yeah, they, they, they said it showed really well. It showed really good. The only thing is, you know, they wish the bathroom was fucking 300,000 square feet more. Stupid. So anyway, I go to bed last night late, and I sleep good. I slept great. And then my wife and kids were going to come from Jersey, from my mother-in-law's. We were going to have this nice day, which we did. I made sure the house was spotless before I left every room, you know, did the double check, put the lights on, all the shit that the fucking real estate agents want you to do. I did it. And I was ready to go. And I went to this place and I went to this nice restaurant and I watched the, the Nick game by myself in peace. And I'm and, and, and what happens? I'm sitting there and, and I'm like, oh man, I got rest. Everything's going good. Nick's are up 16. My lunch was delicious. I was like, this is an epic Sunday. This is what you want your Sunday to be. And what happens? I'll tell you what happens. LeBron James started going off, and we leave, left people open to take three-pointers. Here's the deal. Nick fans, this is, what, this is what it is. I watched it. I watched it carefully. The New York Knicks, the first 25 games of the year, played shutdown defense for four quarters, and they beat everybody. Now they get lackadaisical, and they turn it on when they want to turn it on. You can't do that against the champions. You can't. They had this game won. They can beat this team. I, I believe that. I believe the Knicks can beat this team. And if they knock down their shots, I think the Knicks can beat this team in a seven-game series. I'm, I'm, I really believe that. Everybody thought this was going to be a blowout. The Knicks had this game. The Knicks had them. And I found out today that if the Knicks would have won today, the Heat would have been 0-5 against the Knicks and the Pacers this year. So now they're 1-4 against the Knicks and Pacers this year. But still, they can be beaten. But you got to play defense and you got to play disciplined defense and you got to do it for four quarters. And that's what pissed me off. And they didn't. And I'm sitting there and my lunch just got, not ruined, but I was like, oh man, we had this shit. It's so frustrating. I, I, it's almost like being a Knicks fan. It's, it's almost like the sports gods going, hey, I gave you the Yankees and the Giants. You, got it. you need some sort of pain. Just to equal shit out. You need some sort of pain. Look at those people, those football Philly fans, uh, you know, the, the the Eagles fans in Philly and, and the Cleveland Browns. I mean, there's, there's a lot of pain a lot of other places. 
Kansas City Royals always suck. It's so I guess you have to look at it like that, but I think we can do it. See, that's the thing. The Knicks give you this like the Knicks give you this false sense of like, oh my god, they could do it. And then like right at the end something happens and it happened with Reggie and it happened with Jordan and now who knows. I am going to be a nervous wreck if the Knicks play the Heat in a seven-game series in the playoffs, especially if the Knicks win a couple of games and it goes like six or seven. I'm going to be fucked up, man. It's going to be it's going to be nuts. But that's it. So I hope the Yankees give Cano the money. I hope the Knicks can get back to their defensive ways. Okay, and I hope people stop fucking canceling on coming to see my damn house when I have to get these babies out of the house and I have to do all this shit that I, me and my wife have to do. It's annoying the shit out of me. I don't know why I plugged that into my sports section, but it was kind of a part of me leaving today and then watching the Knicks. So, there you have it. And hopefully it was from comedic relief. Got a couple of cool things to announce and talk about here. You think I'm done on the podcast? I'm not. I'm going strong. We're 45 minutes in almost. And um, I got some more. So what do we got? We did the unacceptable. We did the sports. We, uh, yeah, we talked about picking, you know, material to pick for audition. You just stick to your damn plan. Okay. Um, but I decided uh, I'm going to well, I'm gonna be trying something. I'm going to be trying something this week. And I really, really hope people can, can come and, and get behind this. Um, I really do, but one thing that, uh, what the hell is going on? Why is this thing stopping? All right, well, I think, yeah, I'm talking and it's it's working, but the, the bottom thing is not scrolling. Why? I hope, uh, all right, well, I'll check it and make sure everything is good. Anyways, so, the Stand Comedy Club in New York City on 20th and 3rd, which is, um, you know, like a home club to me. I work there you know, all the time, and they do uh, sh- an 8 o'clock show Saturday and a 10 o'clock show Saturday, and they do not do a midnight show. We are going to start something this week and see how it goes, and I want to spread the word right here, first and foremost on the um, on the, the TVE podcast show, that we will be doing the um, Paul Verzi Epic Midnight's. That's right, the Paul Verzi Epic Midnights at the Stand Comedy Club. We're going to start and see if people come out. Um, looking forward to it, and um, everybody on the show, I can promise you, is going to be a monster. We're going to put some great comedians on the show. I may host it one night. I may just do a spot. I may close it one night. Um, when I'm in town, I will be there, and it will be a lot of fun. And if you're in New York City and you you know, you know want to see a great show late at night in a real intimate setting, this is going to be the place to, to come. And, and um, I could assure you that I'm going to bring my funniest friends to it. And it's going to be a great night of comedy. And it's going to be one of those no-holds-barred, just uncensored, raw, have a good time, see what happens. You know, comedians doing great material, comedians doing untested new stuff. It's just going to be a good time. So I hope uh, you guys, if you're listening to this, come out this week, uh, midnight, this Saturday, March 9th. Come out and we will, um, you know, see what happens. Hopefully we get some surprise guests you know, that come in, you know, while we do this, and, you know, we're going to try it, it's, it's something where, you know, there wasn't a show there before, but we, we really want this thing to work, and I'm going to do everything I can to make it work, so, uh, and so are the comedians on the show, we're going to have a great time, so if you are in New York City, if you're listening to this, come out, come out this weekend, and uh, let's start this thing off with a bang, 
Epic Midnights at the Stand Comedy Club. Midnights Saturday. That's what's going to be going on. All right? So um, definitely do that. And uh, the lineup is already, it's not announced yet. I'll announce it on Facebook. We'll announce it through multimedia, you know, all these different things. But uh, the the lineup already is looking great, and and it's just probably only going to get better. So um, that's it. That's it with that. Some other plugs. Uh, This Wednesday, I will be, if you were in Yonkers this Wednesday, I will be performing with uh, my good friend Joe Matteris at Empire City. In um, Empire City in Yonkers, uh, uh, in Yonkers, New York, the Empire City Casino, in Yonkers at Yonkers Raceway. So uh, that's going to be a great time this Wednesday, and uh, I'll be at Stand Up New York, I believe, this week or the Stand. Please check out PaulVerzi.com for upcoming shows, um, updated shows on the website, so you can see all of that stuff. You know, again, follow me on Twitter, and um, thank you, thank you to the. Um, you know, the, all the butterfly comments. Please keep the butterfly comments coming up to Butterfly Radio. Download the free app today. Definitely do that. It's a cool app, and it's just it's really fun to interact with people and to find out that the people who are listening, I got people listening from everywhere, which is the shit. Okay? Let me know how you pass the time, too, when you're watching your kids' shows, because I find that hilarious. Do you just sit there and take it and watch the little kids' shit, or, like, do you have to amuse yourself like I do and turn it into, like, a cartoon mafia and just amuse yourself and laugh like an idiot? That's what I do. Uh, Movies. Have not seen, like, like I said, the last movies I reviewed, I saw Sinister, I saw Identity Theft. Have not seen anything. Somebody told me that if you like horror movies, that um, Insidious is crazy. So I'm going to try to watch that. And I also want to go to the theater and see something. I think there's a movie coming. There's a movie coming, I think, this Friday that I wanted to see. I can't remember what it was, but it was one of the... Oh, oh, uh, Dead Man Down with uh, Colin Farrell and Terrence Howard where they kill his wife and daughter and he's got, like, nothing left and, like, you know... Uh, just, isn't it funny how the coming attractions can get you? Just anything you see in the coming attractions, you're like, holy shit, I have to see that. Like that scene where he's got a guy tied to a chair and he puts rats on him and the guy's like, please don't let me die like this. And like, you're like, I have to see that. I have to see rats eat that guy's neck. There's no way I'm not paying for that. Um, so I'm going to check that out and I'll be reviewing that on the next on the next podcast. Okay. Uh, if you guys have any movies that you want to recommend, I, you know, I will watch it and I will say, hey. Joe Smith from Indiana recommended this, and I saw it, and it was good. Speaking of Indiana, March 22nd, I will be in the Egyptian room opening for my good buddy Bill Burr. I called Robinson Cano, Bill. I will be opening for him on the 23rd in Indiana and in Minnesota. No, no, the 22nd in Indiana and the 23rd in Minnesota, back-to-back nights. We're going to be doing a little, uh, be opening for Bill on his theater run uh, tour here. So uh, looking forward to that, and that will be always a blast. So next week I will hopefully have a movie for you, hopefully some good things. Hopefully there's more news about Robinson Cano getting signed. Does he get signed? I don't know. But you will hear a somber and an upset and a probably ranty, pissed-off Paul Verzi on the TVE podcast if news comes out that Robinson Cano decided to say goodbye to the Yankees and he's playing for like the Mets or he's playing for another team like the Dodgers. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. 
I root for the Dodgers. I'll always be a Yankee fan, but I'll root for the Dodgers with Don Mattingly managing there and Robinson Cano playing second base there if that happens. And you know what? The Dodgers could be something because his name is Robinson because of Jackie Robinson. That's what he was named after, and he was a Dodger. That could happen, folks. I'm not saying, dude, I called it. I can't do that. But he may go out there. And if he does, you know something? I might have to get a 24 Dodgers jersey. How about that? I'll wear it, man. I'm a Yankee fan. I'll wear a Dodgers jersey with my Yankee hat. I don't care. I'm a Robinson Cano fan. Give him the money. I would be the worst baseball owner ever. I would just buy, like, because there's no cap. So I would just buy every every one of my favorite players. I would, I, I would, oh my God, you kidding me? I'd be the worst. I'd be like, I know he's got a curfew when we're on the road, but come on, I just want to take him out for lobster, get some drinks, we'll talk sports, maybe gamble. Like, I'd be gambling with my guys. I'd get them all, like, blacklist. I, I, I'd turn them all into shoeless Joe Jackson. They'd be like, how could you do that? That's the number one rule. It's the one thing you can't do. I'd be like, no, I'm a manager. And I'd be like, ah, oh, it was a couple bucks. I knew we were going to win. We were going into fucking Kansas City. I put 50 bucks on it. You know, it's fun money. We're playing the Royals. <laughs> <laughs> I would be the worst owner. I'd be like, oh, man, we got to go. You guys got to come to this restaurant tonight. We got to go. Like, I'd get my players fat, play cards with them. I'd be like, Robinson, come on, dude. We're going to go play cards tonight. I know. You, you, don't worry about it. You got a game tomorrow at 1. You'll get. You'll, I promise you'll get five hours of sleep. Let's just. Okay, boss. You know he's the boss. I don't even know if that's what he sounds like, but he's Dominican, so. Hey, uh, they, uh, some comedian, there's a couple of comedians that have a funny joke about how the Latino players who just, just can't speak English. Um, I love, I, 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 I just got, he's, he's got to stay. He's got to stay on the Yankees, doesn't he? Uh, what are you going to do? All right, plugs. I did the plugs. I did the recent plugs, right? March 6th at uh, Empire City. Check me out. Midnight's. Come to that show. That's the show. We're trying to fill that show this week. Midnight Saturday, New York City, the Stand Comedy Club and Restaurant. Come out. We'll get some drinks afterwards. It's going to be a late night. It's going to be a fun night. Epic Midnight's at the Stand. Who's in? I am. Until next week, everybody. Until 102. That's 53 minutes. You know, I don't want to force it. I talked about what I wanted to talk about. I don't want to force it. I got to leave you guys wanting more. I'm sorry. I gave you guys two hours last time. I talked about some shit here. I shit on mothers who were out at bars and clubs till 3 in the morning. I told comedians to just pick some shit for an audition and stick to it. I even helped some parents when they're watching cartoons all the times what they could mentally do to make it feel better. What 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 else? Talked some sports. I didn't see a movie. Get off my back about it. What do you guys want from me? I don't know. You know? I give and I give and I give. And what do I get back from you guys? Why was it late this week? <laughs> Actually, you guys have been actually really cool with me about that. So, anyways, uh, had a good time playing basketball, 
I'll, I'll let you guys. I'll, I'll finish with this. I play basketball on Monday nights, and um, I you know I told you guys, and and I, I'm not not bullshitting. And I've always since I was a little kid, I always have a really really nice jump shot. And as I'm getting older, I'm like learning basketball much better, playing it way better, and less selfish. And my shot has been, you know, really incredible the past few years, and I have a great time. And after I broke my hand in that unfortunate incident. Um, when I had to hit somebody in December, my hand was broken and I wasn't able to really, I wasn't able to, to, you know, it, it didn't, I mean, I guess it healed right. But when I went to play ball after I broke the hand, the first three pointer I took went in and then the second three pointer I took went in and my hand was really sore and it wasn't ready. I shouldn't have been on the court and everyone's like, Oh, I guess your hand is better. And then after that, I would put up shots and every time I let go, because I know when I shoot, I know when my, when I know when I'm, you know, when my stroke is on and I'm gonna knock down shots. I just know. And I, I shot, and I was like, oh, that's in, you know. Like I just, my everything, my form was good, everything, and it was just falling short. And I was doing, I was shooting like multiple air balls while I was backpedaling, thinking the ball was going in, and it kept happening. It was really strange, and I'm like, what the, what is going on? So. Um, I went last Monday. I wasn't able to go for like five weeks just because I was booked. I was doing stand-up on Mondays. And then between that and holidays, I missed like five, six weeks. But now in those five, six weeks, my my hand, you know, had healed. So I went and I knocked down my first shot and I'm good. And then again, after I got a little tired, I just, nothing was, it was there. And then finally, some dude that I play with goes, no, your hand, you're not, you're not finishing. You're not following through with your hand. And he noticed something. And after that, I knocked down like four threes in a row. So I am back. I am back and I'm losing weight and I'm going back tomorrow. So hopefully I could keep the shit up. But you got to do that. You got to have one of those. There's nothing like having that camaraderie and doing something athletically. If you are athletic, you know. If you're not, you probably turn the podcast over and, you know, put in your fucking video game, you know, and you're, you're into Star Wars and shit. I'm saying for people out there who have some athletic bones in their body and know what I'm talking about, you need that. Whether it's softball or flag football or basketball, you need it. It gets you going. It keeps you in shape. It's a lot of fun. So I plan to shit on them and knock down shots. I'll let you guys know how it goes. All right. Uh, that's it for episode 102. I hope you guys enjoyed it. No, I'm sorry. That's it for episode 101. I will be back for 102 next week. Um, and yeah, you know, we're going to do this year or, or, you know, the next 100 episodes just like we did the first. You know, I'll fly solo on some. I'll have some good guests on others. I have some some people planned for it. And uh, that's it. Don't forget, comments, please leave them on iTunes. Trying to get the podcast in the top 100. I think we're getting close to that. Also, go to Butterfly Radio, send me an audio message, uh, download the free app on your iPhone, and I will get back to you with an audio message personally to you. All right? Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it, and I will talk to you soon.